Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That is ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Or you can uh, send us your questions on Facebook and Twitter if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live. That handle is at SWAT Radio Talk. Again, that's at SWAT Radio Talk, and we will be sure to answer those questions just as soon as we are in the studio again to, together. Today's Friday. The weekend is upon us. Doug, how's it going today? Well, the world just keeps getting crazier <laughs> and crazier every day. People, uh, of course, we shouldn't... Uh, be surprised you know yeah. second timothy says it's going to go from bad to worse right mm-hmm. and so um there was uh uh protest up at uh ohio because of the shooting in ohio of that young 16 year old micaiah bryant and uh I, I you know taylor i don't know how many times you've seen that or watched it i've watched it uh several times now different angles on it like mm-hmm. there there's a camera from across the street and there was one from the police body cam and i just don't know any other way that any good police officer would have responded differently yeah, I, I just yeah. there, I, I don't see now it's a tragedy that this 16 year old girl died and information is out there i have not been able to verify whether it's accurate or not one way or the other but there are people saying that she made an initial 911 call about people threatening her or her grandmother. Nobody has uh, verified that yet, but that was information. But regardless, what happened in the video that I saw was she made a proclamation about she's about to stab somebody, and she would not stop when the police officer told her to stop, and she had the knife raised. Now, you got uh, great police trainers like Joy Behar weighing (laughs) in, uh, saying she should have just the police officer should have just shot up in the air, and this is one of the problems of people weighing in on stuff they know nothing about. You got talking heads and and uh, opinion show people, and you know Don Lamone from CNN. I don't usually uh, agree with, but he actually said we need to wait till all the, the information comes in, which was a really level-headed thing to say. And I don't mind commending people if they do so, even though I disagree with them on a lot of stuff. He had a cool, a cool prevailing per, a perspective. But it's very, very easy for people who are, one, not trained in any kind of law enforcement work to weigh in and make judgments about things they know nothing about. And, and high-profile people, celebrity athletes who've never gone through any law enforcement training to understand what a threat is, um, and, and it has nothing to do with police brutality or police overreach, which no doubt those things happen. But when a police officer receives a 911 call that somebody has a deadly weapon and a knife is a deadly weapon, you can't just let kids work it out with a knife. If somebody makes a call and says, 
911. Hey, we've got somebody trying to stab people. You need to get a policeman out here. The policeman rolls up. He sees someone with a knife or a gun or whatever the call is about. And they're about to use that on somebody and they don't respond. He had no choice. Somebody was going to get severely injured at that moment. And, you know, you can't shoot to wound. People say, well, they should just shoot in the arms or legs. Well, if you try to shoot arms or legs, too, those are much smaller targets. We are taught in law enforcement to shoot for the torso. One, it's the biggest target because if you shoot for the smaller targets, there's a really good chance you're going to miss and hit an innocent bystander or maybe even the victim. And so for all these people, and even uh, our president said uh, sometime in the last six months they should have shot in the leg. People that have not been trained do not need to be weighing in in a public way on these things because all they do is confuse people and they sway people and people go, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And they don't know what they're talking about, Uh, you know? And so this, this particular thing was tragic and as believers, we need to pray for her family because they're grieving. They should grieve. It's an awful thing. Uh, Whatever happened, even if she would have felt justified and, and, you know, here's the thing, if you're listening out there, just because somebody makes a threat against you or somebody you love does not give you the right to take up a deadly weapon against that person because you think they may do it. You, you, they, they have to be in the act. They have to have means to do it and they have to make a threat to do it and they have to be doing it. You can't do it to prevent something bad. So if what they said was true, if if she did call and somebody didn't make a threat, uh, at that moment, that uh, other person did not have a deadly weapon that was visible. And uh, as far as I know, there was no deadly weapon there on their part. So if she went in and didn't stop when the police told her to stop, they were there was a justified shooting. And I don't yeah. think any any good police officer in the country would have made a different choice there. Yeah, you know, there's a few things, you know, talking about uh, um, victim versus perpetrator. That line can change quickly as what you're talking about. If someone, you know, makes a threat but don't have a means to carry it out and then you go and attack them, you are now the perpetrator. You're you're no longer a victim because unless you did not have any other meeting, like if you were trapped in a corner and they had a gun and, you know, whatever, but that line can change quickly, say if it was just a fist fight. Um but, and the thing that's funny to me about the shoot him in the leg comment is she had a, a knife in her, in her hand, right? Or uh, it wasn't in her boot. It, it was in her hand. So even oh, if you're talking about the girl that got shot, yeah, she not only had the knife in her hand, it was an emotion that was about to attack. Yeah. And so my point in that is, okay, you shoot him in the leg, her hand still works. You know what I mean? And, and people say that a lot about someone with a gun. Well, that trigger finger still works. Not only is it more difficult to shoot uh, those body parts, and those body parts move a lot quicker, and you're more likely to shoot something that you don't intend, but when people say stuff about, oh, yeah, shoot them in the leg, that that makes sense, that'll stop them. Well, no, that doesn't stop their hands from working. Well, and folks, if you're listening, again, we this is SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And the first segment, we talk about things going on in our news and as believers how how do we respond to these things what's a a biblical approach to looking at these things and this is a real um 
It's a real problem right now in our country that police officers who have been given uh, deadly force authority and uh, have been given a mandate to ensure the safety of the people protect and serve is what they're supposed to do. And uh, and that's what he did. Yeah, he did. He protected the person who was about to be stabbed. Yeah. In, but In Ohio, just earlier in the week, a 13-year-old girl stabbed another 13-year-old girl to death because police weren't there to stop it. So to say, oh, you know, knife fights happen all the time with kids, that's ridiculous. Well, and, and I, I've trained people in firearms before, and, you know, 21 feet is the distance. That is the minimum safe distance if you encounter somebody with a mm-hmm. knife. 21 feet, yeah. that's seven yards. And even that... If you shoot somebody, it's not like the movies where they immediately fall down. Most of the time, they don't. They can keep coming. Uh, I've actually uh, seen a video of a knife, uh, a person with a knife who was shot by a policeman. He went down. He was shot four times. He gets back up, takes another policeman hostage, holds a knife up to his throat, cuts the throat of the police, doesn't kill him, but the guy has to shoot him again. So when you get guys like... Uh, LeBron James, uh, who's a star in the NBA, weighing in, and he put out your next yeah. accountability, talking about the police officer, and put his picture out there, and then removed it, and didn't come back and say, oh, I made a mistake. What he said when he came back was, uh, I took it down because it was used to create more hate, and that anger doesn't do us any good. Well, what he put out there was said, dangerous. I'm praying for justice. In that instance, it was just, yeah, that was justice. Well, well, well what happened there, it, even though it was tragic, was a good police officer protecting a citizen yeah. who was in danger. And so um, when we look at what's happening with all these instances, whether it's a 13-year-old up in Chicago, I think, mm-hmm. uh, or, or this person in Ohio, we need to step back because what we're going to do, what we're going to have is a bunch of police officers that are not going to want to engage people who really are threats because they're going to be second guessing before they go in. And we cannot have that. We already have, uh, you know, uh, across the nation, a bunch of police officers are leaving the force. They're saying they're, they're not going to do this job any, anymore. In fact, I know some people um, who just recently, you know, on my Facebook feed who um, work and serve, and they said, you know what, we're, I'm done with this. And it was specifically after um, the shooting in Ohio. And I, from what I've heard around the country, that is becoming a big issue. And, you know, pretty soon, that are, already we've seen a huge spike in violence across the nation and crimes, and that's just going to keep going further and further when we have less and less people to enforce the law. Well, here, for, so here's the thing for us as believers well, it's really for everybody, but especially as believers, we don't want to wade in with our opinion on things that we don't know or really understand. Now, we can, if somebody asks, well, did you see that? You can say, sure, I saw it. I think it was awful. But for you to say somebody should or shouldn't do anything when we don't know the situation, we don't know the circumstances, I think is, uh, it's, it's just, why do we feel such a need? Everybody feels a need to weigh in on everything. And when we come back, I do want to come back to this. By the way, people can call today and we can talk about just about anything we've talked about all week or even this. Okay? All right. So I will give you the number when we're back from the break. Stick with us. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Right now, right now, I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night. That is Even If by Mercy Me. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we are talking a little bit about what has been going on in the news this week. If you would like to call and join the discussion about that or about what we've looked at in Acts, uh, chapter 5, you can call us at one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. That's one eight four four triple seven swat Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. Again, that's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. You know, uh, Taylor, one of the things that's tragic about all these shootings is people are so uh, quick to get on the fund the police, defund the police, it's the police's fault, it's not the police's fault, that we miss out on the opportunity to have conversations about consequences. Mm-hmm. And consequences, whether, you know, what, let, let's just take Dante, what was his name, Dante Wright? Or, you know, remember the, the oh. guy... Uh, the mm-hmm. guy that got shot uh, when he resisted arrest. And was going back into his he car. Was going, yeah, he was going back. Uh, he got shot. Or or even um, a, a young 13-year-old who has a firearm because he wants to be part of a gang or whatever, and he fires rounds off. Out on a school out, night Out on a school night at 2 a.m., and he's firing rounds. Uh, or, you know this young lady who grabbed a knife to went and try to do whatever she was going to do. It's one thing if she grabs a knife because somebody has a knife and they're trying to harm her grandmother and she's doing that, if that's true, right? Yeah. And how much of a, that's defense that's defending. But when you, when you make choices, it's kind of like squeezing toothpaste out of a tube. A lot of times you can't determine the consequences and sometimes they're tragic, and a tragedy can happen in a moment's notice because of perception and and just, it, it, you know, I don't think uh, that officer who shot that 13-year-old, he didn't know any of the, he didn't know this was a kid that had special needs, or he didn't know 
All he knew was that a kid had fired, somebody had fired a gun and he rolled up and he saw a kid with a gun. And, you know, there have been 13, 14, 15 year olds here in Jacksonville with AK 47s on the North side. Mm -hmm. So whether you're in Virginia, Mississippi, Alabama, or anywhere in the U S you know, when a policeman rolls out, a 13 year old with a gun can be just as deadly as a 35 year old with a gun. And so, the police officer goes out to keep people from getting hurt and he wants to go home at the end of the day and hug his family. And so when somebody makes a choice, what we've got to step back in and start addressing is these choices that are being made to put these young people in dangerous positions like this. Yeah. And you know, there's, uh, you know, different degrees of choices, right? There's the choice of, you know, maybe a father not being in the home. I'm not saying that's the case with either of that, but then there's also the choice that, uh, the child or the person or whoever it is, it doesn't have to be in these two cases. We're talking about children. It's the person, the choice that the person themselves make that we don't really take a lot of, put a lot of, uh, we don't take a lot of thought about. And in the case of, uh, the 16 year old girl, the real tragedy there is the choices that she made that led to her death, you know? And now that's, you know, and that, that talking about choices, that's not always just, uh, Oh, it's the person who got shots fault. That's can be the choices of the cops. For example, that case in Arizona, uh, a few years ago where they had, I I don't know if you saw this one, it was a white guy. So not a lot of people really heard about it, but they basically shot a guy in, cold blood uh in a hallway in a uh motel because they decided that they weren't even going to take i mean it was pretty clear through the video that the guy you know wasn't armed uh at the time and they were given some contradictory commands but they made a choice that hey i'm gonna you know even if it's only a 99.9 percent chance uh that it that he doesn't have a weapon i'm gonna make the choice to make sure that if I even have a thought that he does, I'm going to end it so that I go home. Um, so, you know, there's different degrees of choices, but consequences for your actions is something that people don't like to hear about and people don't want to have. And, you know, that's a part of our society, not just in these contexts, but as a whole, you know, specifically kind of with how we treat our bodies and stuff like that. Well, here's the thing. You, you do talk about different types of choices. You know, it's one thing if, you're supposed to have a test tomorrow at school and instead you decide to go out and party with your friends and, and you come home and you haven't studied the way you should have. And, uh, you wake up, you feel like garbage, you go take your test and then you do bad on it. Mm -hmm. That's one consequence. But there's also the consequence that your friends say, Hey, we're going out, we're going to go party and, and you want to come. And even though you're not a partier, even though you're you're a good kid and you know you they just invite you to go along and you kind of are curious you just want to go be a part you go out and instead you find out they're not just partying they're doing some serious drugs they get arrested and you get arrested now you're part of that group and sometimes you don't have a choice to those consequences what happens it you can be in the wrong place at the wrong time because you make a one choice Mm -hmm. and i know a guy i can't remember his name but there was a book called twice pardon this guy decided to hang with some friends and he was not a bad guy but they had bad intentions and they robbed somebody or a house 
and he was with them, and he ended up going to jail because of one choice. Now, you, you think, well, that's an exception. Those kind of choices are happening more and more where people are not thinking about consequences. They just think about the moment. And we have got to do a better job in training our young people to think long-term instead of short-term because they, you have to agree that we have been conditioned to a, a short-term mentality, right? Yeah, and, you know, again, talking about – ultimately we are responsible for our own actions and that, but that doesn't mean that there aren't conditions that are set in place that make it, um, you know, difficult for you in your life. And I think one of the things, you know, talking about teaching people to look at the long term, generally that comes from, uh, from who, from your father, right? And yeah. we're having a epidemic of fatherlessness, not just in a specific com- community, but throughout the whole nation. And that is leading to uh, young people who are not, uh, disciplined in the way that they should go, and then they find themselves in bad situations, and that could have been avoided if uh, you know they had someone in the home that was really uh, uh, teaching them and training them up how to go. Now, that does not mean that they <coughs> are not responsible for their actions. They are, but if we're talking about how can we uh, start to stem the tide of uh, youth violence and, and things like that, that's the way to do it. Well, when we think about choices, a lot of times the choices we make that have really bad consequences, we usually get caught up in some emotion, either a desire to fit in mm-hmm. or a desire to have something we want. Uh, I can remember as a, a young child, and I know my mom and dad are listening. I'm sorry. I'm apologizing <laughs> for this up front. But there were times that I shoplifted stuff because I didn't get the money to get it. And I got it, and I got caught one time, and I remember getting caught, and it was scary for me, and it helped me not to do it again. Yeah. And um, and I'll never forget it, how dirty I felt when that happened, but fortunately for me, it was a neighborhood store where the guy knew my parents, mm-hmm. and he said, I know your folks would not like this. He said, I know your folks would not like this. And he says, so I'm going to let you go, but if this ever happens again, we're going to sit down with your folks and talk about it. Mm. That, that scared me because I didn't want to do that. But I did, it started off taking a piece of bubble gum, yeah. one little thing that led to another little thing, and that's what happens. And we get away with things, and we think, okay, I've gotten away with it. And we kind of feel emboldened to do more bold things. And we actually go, wow, that I got away with that. I want to tell you something. If you're God's child, you ain't going to get away with it forever. Mm-hmm. He will bring consequences into your life and discipline because he loves you and he wants you to represent him well. And breaking his law, his Ten Commandments, does not represent him well. And he knew that. For me, even back then at that young age. And so uh, so I, I just think we, we've got to start having some of these choices and consequences talks and, and let that be part of the national dialogue as well instead of just focusing on the police and the, and the ethnic prejudice. Those are important. They are. But the consequences, you know, talk about the consequences of what you do and don't. We've got people so emboldened now 
they're actually impeding police work because everywhere they see a police officer, people are starting to stop and videotape everything. That's awful because you can't, you don't know if this guy is a bad guy. You don't know if it's a distraction or what. And so people have, you don't have a right to just impede an investigation or a traffic stop or whatever, but people feel emboldened now like they have to, like you've got a bunch of news reporters all over the country and they're not. And I'm not saying if something bad is going on, you don't pull out the camera and do it. But I'm just saying, you don't have to record. How would you like being recorded everything you do everywhere you go when you're doing your job? It, it would be a distraction, and we cannot distract these police officers. We're going to see more police officers killed, and that's a bad thing. So I know we got a call. Uh, if we go through the break, we can maybe get them held over. But uh, who, uh, who's calling? We got Herman from Virginia. Yes. Hey, how are you doing? Yep. Good. Hey, I just have a couple of things. I want, first of all, to say I am a believer, and um, I believe what's right. Well, here's one thing I do believe wholeheartedly. I believe totally that the enemy, our adversary, Satan and his crew, has brainwashed America in believing that everything we see is black and white, mm-hmm. when the only thing he cares about is lost souls. Mm-hmm. Now, you are always going to have hatred and racism because there's free will because there's free will and we're in a sin cursed earth. Mm-hmm. When you put both of those together, you're gonna have bad people, bad cops, bad citizens. So that doesn't make everybody in the same category. But for me, the second part is is that the extremes does not meet the means with what we're seeing with the police force. And if we're gonna do anything with police reform, I think it has to start there. Because you can't tell me that a person that has a knife deserves to be shot seven or eight, six or seven times, or how many ever times. It's like there is there is no assessment for the situation. Okay. Every situation doesn't require the max of, of firepower because it's a different situation. Hey, Herman. They, the Herman. police have been trained to, Herman. to kill, hey, which is a problem for me. Yeah, yeah. We're, we are coming up against the break. Can you hold over, and we'll have you on uh, right when we come back yeah. from the news break? All right. We will be back with more after the news. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. to SWAT Radio. That is uh, David Crowder with Red Letters. If you are just joining us, we're talking about um, the news of the week, what's been going on. And we have a caller on the line, which we're going to get to uh, really quick. But uh, if you would like to call in, you can call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWAT radio.com and uh herman is calling in from virginia and he began by talking about uh where we have common ground about um us living in a fallen and sin cursed world and that the enemy wants to sow seeds and get us distracted from um saving the lost and from the lost uh finding 
the Lord. And then he uh, was getting into, which we had to cut him off because of the break, talking about um, uh, police reform and knife fighting versus, uh, versus you know, kind of with a gun or a gun meeting a, a knife. And so I would like to let him finish that point if uh, he didn't feel like he was able to finish it. Herman, are you still with us? Yeah, I am. Okay, cool. I am. I, I strongly, I strongly feel that the that the extremes don't all the means don't always meet the extreme of the situation. That's my only. That's the only suggestion I would make with police reform is that there's you. You don't even shoot a dog that many times. Hey, and you're hey, talking about souls. Yeah, you're talking about you're talking about individuals that God created, but you you don't even see stories of animals being shot that many times. So as far as, as like I say, as far as I'm concerned, it was a female. Uh, I understand that people make decisions; they have to live with them. But there cannot be consistency that that's to the extreme when you're talking about lives that God created, souls. That, that God cares about, there cannot be a consistency of extremes without some type of talk about how we're going to fix this. Well, because it's, it's, it's just wrong. It's wrong in God's eyes, too. You can't tell me, if we, if, if, if we were to interview God, he would say the extreme of what we're doing is wrong. I don't care if it's the police. I don't care if it's the SWAT. The extreme consistently across the board is wrong. Okay, so I'm, I'm for right and I'm for wrong. Uh, yeah. uh, so, Herman, this is Doug McCary. Thanks for listening to SWAT radio and thanks for calling in. I, ha- I have a question for you. So let's say you, you were, you were in that situation. I mean, you were looking at it now, obviously you have the comfort and you have the time to look back over it, uh, in the comfort of wherever you are with no time constraint. Okay. What would you, what would you say if, if somebody said, okay, Herman, how would you recommend we handle what, happen in that particular situation okay for for me the extreme i I would probably use my taser before i would have used my gun because whatever was going on the police officer didn't have a good feel for even what was going on or what had happened prior to him coming it looked like another girl was attacking another girl but we don't know what happened before that so if i'm showing up on the scene i said oh even if i didn't see the gun I mean, the knife she had, I would say, this is a female. I'm going to use a taser to see if that works. And now I have other options from a distance because I'm not up on her. But my taser would have been my first line of defense because that's a person and that's a soul. We can't go to the extremes of terminating that person just because that's the way I was, you know, because you were trained that way. That's just not morally right to go to the extremes to fix every well, situation. Okay, but here, here's the deal, Herman. First of all, you can't even use a taser unless there's another officer present. If someone has a, a deadly weapon, you can't go less than lethal if no one has lethal on them. And there's a reason for that, because tasers do not always uh, work the way that you want them to to get a complete incapacitation. So if you tase somebody and the probes don't open the way that they're supposed to, they can still have the use of their hand to be able to kill somebody. So let's say you go with a taser and it doesn't deploy the right way and you tase that girl and then she stabs the other girl to death. Well, I think that the girl's family who got stabbed to death is going to be real mad that you didn't use a gun well, when you had they, a chance they, to. They will be upset. And here's the thing. All right, I, I was trained in law enforcement, Herman. Okay. I was a SWAT team guy and, and uh, officers, police officers 
carry less than le- you know lethal message tasers mace and batons and all that and when time and distance allow them to then they are trained to use that but if it's a lethal situation that means somebody has a lethal weapon a knife is lethal it is not less than lethal all it takes is one stab of the knife into a neck or to certain parts of the the midsection and it's lethal. So that is a lethal weapon. You can't say, well, let's try mace or let's try a taser. He came rolling up on that, and no police officer is trained to be able to react that fast and stop it. There's no way anybody, and that's what I said, any police officer would have done it. And you're not trained to shoot for the legs. You're trained to neutralize whatever the lethal threat is. So that police officer acted appropriately, although a lot of people may not like it because of what happened. And I shared before you called, there was a police officer in Georgia who shot a man four times. The man went down, got up with his knife, took one of the other police officers hostage and and ultimately was shot in the head by the other officer, but not before he cut the neck of one of the officers after he had already been shot four times. So police officers are trained because these kind of things happen all the time. The problem is most people in our country get one narrative of police. They never see these situations that we see when we go through training that tell us, I saw a guy shot 10 times that killed four police officers. After he had been shot and six of those shots were lethal shots, but they were not incapacitating shots, meaning they did not put the threat down. And as a result, four police officers died by one guy. And so when a police officer rolls up, he doesn't know if he has drugs, uh, uh, people who have drugs in their system. They don't know what's going on. All they know is there's a lethal threat or not a lethal threat. And I agree with you. We need reform. But I also think that most people need to step back and and understand that no police officer, uh, well, I shouldn't say no, but I'll say most police officers don't roll up. Most do not roll up wanting to take a life. I had the ability to take a life not only in the Marine Corps, but in the FBI. And I'm glad that I never had to take a life, but it doesn't mean I wasn't prepared to. And so... I I am. That's my job to protect and serve the people. And that's what he did. He protected a, a young lady from getting stabbed. That If you watch the video, the knife was up. And what I was sharing before you called in is we all, I, I appreciate what you're saying about it being a life. It is. We need to value life. But we also need to understand yes. that we, the people who don't know all the information and people who Uh, aren't trained in lethal and non-lethal uses of forces can't be making judgments that is going to put more lives at risk because that's what's happening right now in our country. But listen, I appreciate you calling in. I am going to send you a book. I don't know if you heard yesterday, but we had a guy talking about money and uh, how to be wise with money. And so I am going to send you a book today just for calling in. I appreciate you listening. And uh, the, the book is uh, by a guy that worked at Ron Blue and Company, and it's called Your Money Made Simple. 
So I'm going to send you that book just for calling. Thank you for calling, Herman. All right? All right. Take care. All right. You guys have a great day. Yeah, you too. God bless. Yeah. And then just one final thing with that is, you know, he is right. I think that you want to try and make sure that everyone lives and goes home, you know, but there is a matrix of priority and the highest priority of who you want to, um, you know, protect and save is the innocent lower than the innocent would be someone who's doing something. So I, I, I understand him and I applaud that, that the goal should be that everyone should live and, and go and home. And, and but because there are, they're made yeah. in the image of God yes. and that's true. Mm-hmm. And we should respect that. But, I get that. But there are instances where that is not possible and the, the best outcome is to, you know, um, tragically save someone else by, you know, harming the person who's trying to be aggressive. We also have another caller, uh, Bill from Yuli. How are you doing today, Bill? Good. Hey, what, what what's your uh, comment or question? Well, uh, just a few things. I'll try to finish this in 45 seconds. I've seen a picture of a police officer that was knifed when he tried to use a taser, and I'm, I mm-hmm. can't even believe he lived. That's mm-hmm. number one. Uh, number two, um, I think the bigger picture is this. Uh, when you when you're diagnosed with cancer, the first thing the doctor does is they want to go see where the cancer came from, the source. Yeah. And if if you look at this, if you if it doesn't matter the color of the skin, when you see a family that doesn't have a mom or a dad, pretty much you're going to see boys that are going to grow up to be in trouble. And if you look at the percentage of young black men that don't have a dad, they don't have a role model. That's what. That's the root cause. There's other issues, but if you don't go back to that, if you don't solve that problem, you can pass every law you want. You can do all the training, and nothing's going to get better. It's going to get worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I I agree with you, Bill, and I think that's something that we don't talk about, and it has actually become a. Uh, if you do talk about that, then people impinge your, or uh, you know demean your motives, say that maybe you, you're racist or or uh, some, the like like that. But the reality is. In not only in the black community, but it's hit the black community particularly hard, but it's uh, uh, nationwide, is that the amount of fatherlessness has skyrocketed. In the 1930s, the black community had the lowest amount. They, they had the most uh, people born to a mom and a dad. They had the highest rate of both parents in the home. Now we're at 78% of those born in the black community are born to a single parent household. And that is epidemic. That is tragic. And that is the biggest cause of why we're seeing what we're seeing, but it is a cause that no one is willing to talk about because, uh, you know, that's just not the politically correct thing to say. Well, it's not, you know, in fact, uh, thank you, Bill, for calling in and Bill, I'm going to send you that book as well. Um, just on money management, just thank uh, it's made simple. Uh, and I just want to thank you for calling in and bringing up a point that, uh, the former, uh, NAACP president Kwasi Mafume said, he said, when asked if racism or the absence of fathers posed a greater risk or threat to black Americans without hesitation, he said the absence of black fathers. And I mean, so when we come back, we can, uh, Uh, go into that a little more but thank you for bringing that up and uh we're going to be back after the break right taylor thanks for bill i'm going to send you that book okay thanks for listening yeah bill thanks for calling in uh we will be back with more after the break you are listening to swat radio stay tuned we'll be right back this program has the potential to reach millions of men each week 
If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. Push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help But I know I never win this war I can never be, never be free without you I can never be, never be me Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That is Freedom Hymn by Austin French. If you are just joining us, we're talking a little bit about the news of the week, what's been going on in the week. And uh, if you would like to call and join the discussion, uh, we're talking about that. And if you would like to talk about what we learned in Acts Chapter 5, we can talk about that as well. Please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask ASK at SWATradio.com. You know, Doug, um, I, when you're looking at these police situations and, and kind of uh, people not understanding the realities or having not thought through, you know, kind of what it means to be a police officer, um, I can say from, you know, firsthand experience that there was a lot of things about the reality of policing that I never thought about until I went through the police academy. And going through the police academy, that just makes you think about yourself in a situation um you know a lot of times prior to that it was just oh this is the situation oh let me think about this and second guess this but then when you really put yourself in the situation and you realize the means that you know an officer has and in, in the reality of what's going on it really changes your perspective and then when you go through um some training uh, and you know some of the scenarios that they put you through in the academy i mean that is uh it was a big eye opener for me and you know i am glad that I went through it because it's helped me realize, you know, the difficult job that police officers have. Yeah, it it, it is very difficult. But, I, you know, I, I, I want to get back to what Bill brought up because I here's this is an area that um, some of our SWAT guys I know help in. And I think that one of the one of the things that I think I think one tragedy of um the um the way the churches have been involved is there is a great need for mentoring mm-hmm. and relationships and you know uh a lot of times the suburban churches don't get involved in urban ministry except maybe through materials or or, or funding to help projects but can it's it's hard to be you know ethnically prejudiced against somebody uh that you're mentoring Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and Mm -hmm. i think 
uh, and vice versa. And when you stop and think, I, I know there's lots of uh, studies that one of the greatest disparities in racial marriage rates is, you know where? Minnesota. Huh, really? Imagine that, right? Uh, and, and kids without fathers are, are hurting kids. There was a guy that just did a, uh, an article uh, earlier today. I read about it, and he had, he had been looking at guys who had done mass shootings. I don't know if you saw that article. Mm. But anyway, he was, he was talking about one of the common themes in all these mass shooters. And, and by the way, most of the mass shooters are white kids. They're white boys, white males. And, but the, but the common theme, they were, they were, he, he called them dad deprived males, dad deprived males. It was a key commonality. He said 98% dad deprived males. And, um, you know, when you look at that and you think he calls it a boy crisis, really that, um, boys were hurt and he had 63 signs uh male depressed you know suicide inventory he said he went down on all these guys that he profiled everybody from the kid uh you know i think his name was uh lanza who shot the people up in connecticut you know the school you remember that kid oh, that went mm-hmm. there so he looked at people like that and he says that uh, he, he and then the purpose of what he wrote was not to say that they're not accountable because that, that's where people tend up going, yeah. and that's the frustrating thing, that we're not talking about consequences and choices um, of everything. I mean, I think there's been some great teaching moments with a lot of these things happen to talk to your children about, listen, you need to make good choices. Because uh, George Floyd didn't know that that choice to take that drug the first time was going to lead to a life of addiction. Mm-hmm. Are we having those kind of conversations? It doesn't, you know, you're not demonizing him. You're just saying this is a reality that ultimately ended up in his life being taken wrongly. But but what led there? You see what I'm saying? I mm-hmm. mean, there's there's looking at these consequences that happen in life. You don't get to choose the consequences of your bad choices. Once they happen, they they take off a life of their own. Mm-hmm. And and so uh, going back to what Bill sh- was sharing is we just got to look at this fatherlessness and, you know, um, I think back when, you know, people talk a lot, a lot about Jim Crow and Jim Crow laws. Do you know what the, the, uh, the number of black children that were, uh, uh, childs of unwed mothers was back then? I want to say it was in the low 20s. 25%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what it is today? 78, right? Yeah, yeah. 78%. Yeah. And that is higher than, you know, and what is the real tragic thing about this, and it, it makes people upset, but you were bet, you had a higher chance of having both your parents in the home if you were born on a plantation into slavery than if you are born today. That yeah. cannot be something that we, and I'm talking about myself as a member of the black community, can can say that is okay. Yeah, that is something that that we have to take inventory of and say, okay, where did this happen? Where did this come from? Why is has the community gone this way and take steps to um, take take care of that? But a lot of people, you know, it's a it's a conversation that that goes a lot of, okay, we need to take care of ourselves and, and make sure that we're bettering ourselves versus, well, there's this 
you know, racism out there that we need to handle. Well, first. they talk. They talk. This is why I think the former NAACP guy said what he said because I was in Mississippi. And by the way, thank you, folks, there for hosting me so well when I came over. It was a great time to be there, Miss Mary, who listens. Uh, it was great to see you, Miss Mary is Nigerian, mm-hmm. and she, you know, she goes to my parents' church and and the church I got to speak at. And here's the thing, you know, if racism or or ethnic prejudice was the primary problem, then people who come to America from Nigeria would experience that as well, right? Well, Nigerians are, they are doing very, very well. You know why? Because only 4% of the children there Mm -hmm. have no parent, I mean, no father figure in their home, only four. And so those people that come over here, come over here and they have been fathered and mentored and trained and there is a hole in every young man's heart to be mentored and trained by his father yep and 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 you know bless the single moms who are out there having to wear both roles this is not a hit against them those poor women have a very very tough job many of them working two and three jobs god bless those women uh for doing what they do but it doesn't relieve the fathers who are not a part of their children's life and the need for godly men. And so, um, you know, um, one guy said that the black family, which has survived centuries of slavery and discrimination, began to disintegrate in the liberal welfare state that subsidized unwed pregnancy and changed welfare from an emergency rescue to a way of life and this has kept a lot of black children in poverty and you know uh the the family breakdown is not because of ethnic prejudice uh but it's in that it's really as a a result uh of you know not having fathers speak into their son's life and be an influence the way they need to be yeah and you know like i was saying I think that there's valid points to be made about there are people who are racist and have, you know, hatred in their heart or, you know, ethnic prejudice and have uh, hatred in their heart. But the focus should not be on eradicating that, in my opinion. Uh, I think that the focus should be on uh, self-betterment and persevering throughout that hate that comes your way. If you just tell a kid, hey, you know, this world hates you and there's no, you're never going to make it in life, that is a defeating message rather than a message of you might face struggle but you are well equipped and i'm equipping you well to overcome Mm -hmm. and i think that's something that uh you know you can hit both on the head but if you only are if you're talking about um you know betterment in the black community then that's something that people are going to get upset about because they only want to focus on one thing and and, you know i'll say about uh the welfare state that people don't want to look at the realities of that but there are document there's documented evidence and again this is not just the black community that that is hit it is hit you know the the country as a whole but there is evidence of women who and that goes up to this day but we're talking about right when um you know the welfare state was first being introduced who got divorces because they realized they could make more money by being a single mother so in that sounds you know people say oh no no one would ever do that but that is a fact that there's documented cases of that and there are cases today of women who still you know have multiple children and don't get married because they'll lose benefits so we are not only are we saying hey you know uh you know um we're, we're subsidizing people to not uh do what is right so not only are we saying hey you know do what you want to do but we're giving them an incentive 
or doing what is bad for them. Well, uh, there was one study uh, that came out that said, regardless of the the you know ethnic uh, makeup of a person, that uh, when fathers marry the mothers of their children, they raise successful students. That uh, it, they found that it, that basically student success in school is much more a function of family than it's a function of your ethnic background. Yeah, and, uh, you know, kind of to further that, uh, there's, you know, talking about being successful in America, the, the biggest thing to do is, you know, finish high school and wait till you are get a job and then wait to have kids until you're married. And, and you will be successful, you know, statistically and rise into the middle class. And that's not a message that we are offering to young people right now at all. We're, we're telling them the exact opposite thing. And that, you know, that's in the black community, that's in the white community, that's uh, in the Asian community, that's in the Latino community. It's all over. And we, you know, the question has got to be why. And I mean, the, the, I think the clear answer in, is that, you know, Satan has wormed his way into um, what we do and how we think as a society. Yeah. Well, I know our time is up. I really want to thank Bill and Herman for calling in and appreciate so much you folks listening. I know we spent all our time really <laughs> talking about these issues today, but one thing that we need to do is pray for the church to be able to minister to some of these needs we've talked about to pray. Again, pray uh, for the family of Micaiah, the girl that got killed up there. Pray for the police officer and all those involved, and continue to pray for the leaders of our country. And I pray you have a great weekend, and we'll be back next week with more SWAT Radio, right? Yep. All right. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great weekend. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual